1: Today we are joined by our guest host, filmmaker Heather Lenz. She's a filmmaker best known for Kusama Infinity, a feature-length documentary about artist Yayoi Kusama that premiered at the Sundance Film Festival and received international distribution. Mary Setti is a comedy writer, director, artist, and cartoonist living in Los Angeles. She received her MFA from USC's John Wells Division of Writing for Screen and Television. She combines slapstick humor, teenage angst, and over-the-top camp to create fantastical comedies for the loud, strange punks of the world. She's the director of the animated pilot Hot Toddy that she independently raised over $50,000 to produce. Mary is originally from a small farm town in New Jersey, known for its meatballs and regret, and she's full of regret. Heather and Mary, great to have you
0: both on the show today. Hi. Oh, Claire, thanks. Yeah, thanks for the introduction. And Mary, thank you so much for being here. Um, to, yeah. to start it off, for anyone who doesn't know, could you tell us a little bit about what the story is about of your new um animated film.
2: Yeah. um, So Hot Toddy is a animated pilot that I've been working on finally finished about a month ago. Um, It's a teeny bopper whodunit about two ex-best friends and the buckets of blood between them, only some of which are from their period. So it's kind of a murder mystery meets wacky dark comedy that combines like my love of old noir movies starring Humphrey Bogart and, like, my love of early aughts limited to, uh, horrible fashion choices. Um, And it's been a real, you know, stereotypical labor of love that we've put together throughout the last horrible of 2020.
0: Well, it sounds like uh, indie filmmaking at its best, Um, always (laughs) full of challenges. So several of the characters have really fun names like Margot Marmalade, Becky Bam Bam, and Sugar Loco. So I could tell you had a lot of fun naming them. And could you also tell us a little bit about how you developed Darlene's character? Yeah.
2: So the the short uh, stars Darlene Cooper. Um, who I kind of tried to name everybody these, like, over-the-top names. And then for the na- the main characters, I named them kind of, you know, just like Philip Marlowe, like, kind of looking through all these um, old-school detective names. Um, and Darlene Cooper, you know, obviously there's a little bit of me, that who she's, like, kind of bizarre and weird, and she's kind of this, like, gross, gender-fluid protagonist that's hungry for blood and mystery and tease, um, which I would say is pretty indicative of my personality. Um, But I think the main thing that I wanted to write about a female um, main character who's a young detective um, was kind of pulling from my love of Veronica Mars and my love of like camp and clue and heather's and just very over the top uh murder mysteries. Um so I kinda wanted to design a character that could be like the modern day Humphrey Brogart, uh who is inherently very weird. <laughs>
0: Well, I thought you did a great job really bringing this character to life, both through the animation and the things that she says. At one point, Mm -hmm. Darlene tells her assistant not to use the B word, and since we're on air, (laughs) by that I mean the word that rhymes with the witch or the man's name, Mitch. And she says don't use it because it was created by the patronizing patriarchy to patronize And so I thought that was really funny. And I I guess in thinking about her character, I think sometimes we might describe her as the other B word, which is bossy, but I think that word was also created by the patronizing patriarchy to patronize women because, as you know, when women take charge in a situation, they're labeled bossy, but men, of course, are referred to as, um, you know, leaders. So anyway, I thought that was fun. Yeah, um, like, Sherlock
2: Holmes gets to be the kind of genius. But he's actually very bossy. <laughs> like,
0: he's very bossy to Watson. So it's kind of the vibe, for sure. Yeah. But, you know, you never hear men called bossy, you, typically. No. So you made an exception. So um, you told us a little bit about where you got the idea for the story. Did you want to um, tell us anything else about that? Yeah. I mean, and then there's several things like
2: it's the core, the heart of the story is a dysfunctional uh, mainly female friendship that uh, that's like about two friends that have outgrown each other. And Darlene Cooper is definitely in love with her best friend, Susie Sue. And Susie Sue is the femme fatale of the story who. Um, gets wrapped up in this murder mystery because her new ex-best friend gets murdered at a bat mitzvah, which I love saying. Um, But, yeah, it kind of came from my experiences with having a lot of female friendships just kind of out of nowhere or in hindsight very slowly but surely kind of fall apart because it's, you know, lack of communication, you know, competition, how hard it is to um, navigate those paths with a, another friend, um, particularly a female friend who you, I think, were kind of pushed to always be thinking in comparison to. Um, so I, the heart of the story is that kind of dysfunctional female friendship. Um, and then I kind of combined that with this, Humphrey Bogart, noir, murder mystery. Um, I grew up watching a lot of old Hollywood noir films, so I was kind of always in love with Humphrey Bogart and and Lauren Bacall, because who can't be in love with Lauren Bacall? Um, And I actually, when I was much younger, I watched the 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 film played against Sam, which is an old Woody Allen film, uh, which of course problematic, but the film is about, he's like so nervous and trying to uh, date and trying to talk to women that he has this like um, imaginary self who's Humphrey Bogart, who's talking to him in his ear about like telling him basically to be this like very macho Humphrey Bogart-esque. It's just like, don't listen to them, you just have to kiss them, you just have to go be confident and strong and be a man. And uh, I remember watching that as a kid and being like, I feel like I need a Humphrey Bogart in my life. (laughs) Like, I feel like I need someone. I need a voice in me. Like, I don't know how to talk to men or women, so it would be really helpful. So that kind of also kind of played into it of trying to have this character who I think, who both uh, is trying to solve a murder mystery and also trying to figure out how to like navigate talking to women and how to like just be a functioning person. <laughs>
0: Well, I can see some of those influences. I love uh, film noir too, but at the same time, it is a really fun and funny film and very colorful. And I'd like to talk about the animation and and um, what do you like about directing animation? Yeah,
2: um, well, I've directed a few other like
0: live uh, live action shows
2: before and. The best part about animation was that it could just continue to be a conversation. Like, I think there's so much about live action that's about preparation and shooting on the day and uh, and making sure you have everything you need on the days that you're allowed to shoot. Um, and uh, animation, at least the way that we do, you know, it just got to be this much more collaborative experience where we could – keep workshopping scenes even as we will, as my animator was animating them. Um, so we got to be like, what if her friend is actually obsessed with a cat? And then we give her a cat and like, we got to be like, what if we got to like kind of workshop the story and kind of add more and more richness to it as we went. So I think that um, is definitely the thing that I love about it. Cause you, it's not all about, Getting to a place where you're ready to shoot—it's like an ongoing process that you can add, you keep adding to and adding to. Um, that feels—it just feels like you're you are always working on the project to make it as good as it possibly can. Um, also, I just love that you can make people like do ridiculous things in animation that your actors in live action maybe won't be able to do. <laughs>
0: Yeah, I guess also, I hadn't thought of it until now, but I guess if there's a fight scene or something, you don't need to worry about having like a stunt coordinator on set. You just draw them <laughs> yeah. doing crazy things. Um, so, yeah, um, for I, sure. Yeah, I bet when the pandemic started, you were just super happy to be doing animation. It seems like a, it was, became a super great field. And, and I'm wondering um, where you learned to direct animation. Um, well, uh, I'm still learning how to direct animation.
2: Um, but I think I, again, I think a lot of the stuff that you, from directing live action, carries into animation. It's it, the, There's very similar principles. But then also, I'm a cartoonist, so I've done a lot of drawing and I've done storyboards. And long form comics, so I think that also helps understanding frame by frame, and understanding um, what's going to be difficult to draw, and what's what's and what's like doable within the time frame. Um, when you're looking at something that someone has to draw every single little thing on the frame, uh, so I think those things have helped me learn how to direct animation. I think it's What's great about it is that I worked with my animator Anna Kangalaris is she's a CalArts MSA and she's amazing. Um, and she's directed her own animations too, so when we when I met her we were able to really collaborate and uh it really just felt like you had met like your partner in crime who totally like understood what you were going for on a deep level. Um, So, yeah, I would say read a lot of comics, watch a lot of animated films and find someone who is amazing at animating.
0: (laughs) Well, I'm so happy you found a great collaborator. That's always so important um, in filmmaking. Do you have any tips for directing voice actors?
2: Yeah, I mean, I
1: think voice actors.
2: We had we have some really great voice actors in Hot Toddy. We the main character, Darlene Cooper, is played by Anna Seragina, who's a, a awesome Los Angeles comedian and has a very distinct kind of unhinged, wacky voice. Um, and then our other two main actresses, uh, Christina Davis, and then Atsuko Atsuka. And who is also an amazing. They're all three of them amazing LA comedians. And I think that's the biggest thing for me is casting and finding people who have that voice that you're you're like yes that is that is the character. And um, and then I think that like casting people who already have that like comedic edge and that comedic timing. Helps you in animation and comedy because they bring so much life into their into their words and they're they're already so used to talking and just being funny off the cuff. Um, so I think like in that case they made my job like incredibly easy because what they came in and they just started doing things that were so great that we like a lot of things like that ended up in the short. Like Katrina said, Katrina came up with this line like the first line is we've got a murder folks and then Katrina goes a bot murder because um, it's had a bot mitzvah and I was like that's amazing well that's obviously putting we're putting that into the short and I feel dumb for not thinking of that um, so it's, it's just like finding the right people and then responding to what's in the room that's happening and then also like my partner my other partner in crime and sandwiches and uh, is Gonna yell at me for not doing the dishes this morning. Uh, my partner CJ Balcerus is was an audio engineer, so he also got to be there and make sure that all the, everything was working accordingly. Um, and uh, th- that's always great. <laughs> Having someone who understands the technology part <laughs> is above and beyond what you need because I don't understand anything like that. I just need other people to explain it to
0: me. <laughs> Well, I guess once again, it's always great to have a collaborator, and um, so uh, speaking of sound, did you do the Foley work, and were you the person kind of adding footsteps and whatnot, or did you work with um, your partner or someone else on that? Yeah, um, well, we
2: did a combination of Foley and Archive, kind of just like looking in to see what fit, and then whatever we couldn't find the whatever we couldn't find or what we thought we could do ourselves we we did so like that was a really fun day with uh C, the composer uh, CJ and uh my animator Anna we got like there was a lot of bubblegum uh, pops in the in the store so we got like this huge thing of bubblegum we went to like party city and bought like slime to make like all these weird sounds um so it was really fun to kind of build out. I feel like the sound also is like this in animation is so important and I don't think I understood how how important it, it is until I started doing it and how much extra life it can bring to the project. Um so that was probably one of my one of the most fun periods where we got to just really play around with sound um and kind of combine realistic sounds and cartoon sounds. Um but yeah, we did so much of it ourselves. We spent hours and hours popping bubblegum, eating cheese doodles, um and it was it which is a great way to spend your Saturday. Um but yeah, I think the sound effects is, is just it turns out to be one of my one of my favorite parts of the short um that we're just really passionate about.
0: Yeah, doing Foley work is super fun, so I'm glad you got to have fun with that. I'm also wondering um, when you, at what point in the movie did you decide on the soundtrack and if any of the songs were especially recorded for the film or did they all um, exist already?
2: Yeah, we, um, the soundtrack is also a big part of my my love for the project Um uh, I think from like the get-go, I wanted to do something. I wanted to make a project that was kind of loud and unapologetic, and um, and punk and just and I because I feel like, I guess like as a lady, I just want that more represent, represented. And um, so I kind of initially wrote Hot Toddy to to have these like loud punk, and extreme guitar riffs. And then at the same time, since it's a noir film, I uh, inherently jazz and noir go hand-in-hand together. Um, And I kind of grew up listening to a lot of jazz. My parents are much older and always have had jazz on. And so I kind of came up with wanting to combine this like punk basement loud music with um, more like Noir jazzy uh vibes, and that kind of com- combination together turned into what hot Toddy ends up being um so like kind of going from something more uh atmospheric to something more intense um and I did that all with my partner c j who's also a, who's also a composer and um is in a punk band and that also, you know, was has been trained in jazz music. So I had to come to him and be like, this is what I want to do. Let's combine punk and jazz music. And at first he was very like, I don't know how that works. I don't know if that's going to work, Mary. Um, but we kind of workshopped it through a lot of time and practice, and we got it to, like, I think a really interesting, fun place. Um, but we did the songs. There are other songs in it that are by uh, – this band, Slut Ever, who was a Los Angeles girl riot band, um, who I adore, and I reached out to them and got them to have, like, three of their songs speaking in the short, which I love. It's, uh, in the words of my mother, my mother wasn't doing, she's like, this isn't for me, but, um, which is fine, it's okay, Mom, but it's... I love this band. They're just, like, so loud and over the top. Um, and so the kind of combination of that and CJ's uh, score, and then I also have a friend. We we wrote a whole song to be kind of a riff comedy song in the middle of the short that my friend Carly Walsh, she's also a singer, got to do uh, some lines in. So it's been it's kind of like a combination of all these things. I think... Me, CJ, Anna, we're all just like more is more. Let's just like do as much as we possibly can to make this like as rich as possible. Um,
0: and I think
2: I think it was successful
0: oh yeah it definitely I love the I love the music I love the soundtrack and I I when I watched it a second time I tried to imagine what it would be like with different music and um, I just (laughs) think you nailed it so good job and I would love it if you could talk about how you've raised the money to make the movie
2: yeah money money's terrible um I, so I first like did a crowdfund in 2019 off of Seed and Spark, um, and I crowdfunded a chunk of the money from there, and I, my producer in Hot Hotty, Allison Powell, she had previously raised like 60K or something for an indie feature that she did, Banging Laney, and it's, so I kind of went to her and had a lot of coaching on how to do a successful crowdfund, and that has, was extremely important um, and then after that i after that it's been like you know a long process of uh you know talking to as many people as you can about the project and cooling pooling money finding uh, you know applying the grants finding finding like you know financiers slash your rich friends who make more money than you because they have corporate jobs or you know and then also like personal money like i i put, I was working at Disney at the time for most of the time that I was working on this project so if they don't know it but Disney did sponsor and finance this project so i just would like to thank Disney television <laughs>
0: Well, well, I'm sure they'll appreciate that. Yeah,
2: um, it's always
0: good. It's always good if your paycheck can help you do things that you love to do. So that's great. And um, I wanted to circle back, and you talked already about your your love of film noir and the influences there. But um, when there is a point in the movie where there's a fight scene, and the, <laughs> yeah. one of the characters in involved with that reminded me of Uma Thurman and Kill Bill a little bit, but with braces, (laughs) I must add. And (laughs) I just wonder if that was an influence or was I just kind of uh, reading into that? No, absolutely. We watched a lot of Kill
2: Bill scenes while we were like designing that fight scene. So that's, that's great that you thought of Kill Bill. We kind of, we, I just wanted to kind of throw, I wanted to do as much weird stuff as possible. So we also watched that scene in, like, The Matrix where Keanu Reeves is like, I know Kung Fu, and then he um, <laughs> has a whole fight scene. Um, so we were kind of, we were just like, what, how how ridiculous is that, that all of a sudden this, like, 14-year-old girl is very well, she's actually like, amazing at fighting um, and can jump through the air. Um, so we were really excited. that was like one of our favorite it was one of the hardest and one of our most favorite themes to animate direct score everything about it was very difficult um but it was really probably the most fun.
0: Well, you definitely pulled it off i think it's 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 fantastic. So for anyone listening who would love to check this out, where can we see the movie? Is it I know you just finished it, so I don't know if you're if it's quite available yet, but what's the latest? <laughs> yeah.
1: yeah,
2: so I'm like in the process of
0: just applying it to film festivals and sending
2: it to contacts and getting it out there as much as I can. So eventually it will have a life on a platform, whether that be like on Vimeo or some other featured uh online, but right now we are we are doing like a big like showcase premiere screening at junior high in Los Angeles on October 27th. It's going to be like this: all the lead actresses are going to stand-up comedy, and my partner, who's a composer, the band is going to perform live music, and then we're going to do a screening, kind of as this like. Just a big like, hurrah! We finally finished this uh, beast sort of a film. Um, so that's what we're doing. That's like the that's like the earliest that someone can see it. I'm hoping that within the next year we can have it be um, uh, available to the public. But as you know, like the whole film festival, sending it to people uh, ordeal of this industry. You have to kind of
0: keep it keep it away from the public eyes. Yeah, until it's it until it's uh, yeah,
1: yeah. Gotta get that for
0: sure premiere. Well, so <laughs> yeah. while people stand by and wait for that to happen, could you go ahead and tell us your website and any social media handles or hashtags or anything that you're using so people can um, you know follow your career and follow follow what's happening yeah. with the film. Yeah.
2: So our Instagram for Hot Toddy is at Hot Toddy Film. And then I post a lot uh, about the project on my personal Instagram at Masetti, so at ma um, And I also, like, draw a lot of cartoons and comics on there um, that my mother thinks are all about her. And they're not. They're not about you, Mom. Um, and then my website is www.maryasetti.com. Um, and that is where you'll see everything that I've ever possibly worked on. Um, (laughs) but yeah, it's, it's, it's going to be out soon and I'm really excited for people to see it. We have a trailer online that gives you kind of a taste of the ridiculousness that we put together. Um, and you know, we're just sending it to like everyone and their mom.
0: Well, that's the way to do it. I always feel kind of guilty asking filmmakers this when they've just finished a film, but I do want to give you the opportunity, if you like, to share um, what you're up to now. If you're working on anything new, obviously just getting the film out there is a full-time job. I know that. And so um, if yeah. you're just immersed in that and you want to just talk about your, you know, future goals, anything like that that you want to share, we would love to hear about it.
2: Yeah, yeah. Well, yeah, so so first, yeah, obviously getting toddy out there. Um and then second, like I'm I'm working I'm kind of deep into this making um my first graphic novel. It's a uh based on this. It's a script called Horrible Corpses, so it's kind of a it's about the first murder that ever happens in purgatory. Um because even in the afterlife, people still want to kill people. Um, Again, kind of just like a comedic murder mystery. So I'm in the middle of drawing and writing that, which, uh, you know, obviously takes a lot of time. And then, you know, my next goal after Hot Potty is, uh, you know, to make a feature. So that's the next big goal. And, you know, I have a few projects that I'm, like, kind of still kicking around, but that is my, uh, an animated feature would be amazing. That's my, that's my dream
0: right now. Well, good. I hope that happens. I know, you know, it's strange, um, but my understanding is even with animation, there aren't that many women directors. So uh, hopefully that'll change and you'll be one of the trailblazers.
2: Oh, thank you. Yeah. I mean, I feel like I feel like animation, like live, animation is like 30 years behind live action and live action's not that far ahead um, in terms of representation. So, you know, it's just all about trying. I feel like that's how growing up I thought that adult animation in particular wasn't a place that for me, because you just didn't see, it's mostly targeted for young uh, straight men and, it's been a real, I think you're starting to see more and more uh, diverse voices popping up in animation. So it's a really exciting time and it's also overwhelming. You're you're constantly like, you're not really sure what the, I think it's like really kind of having a real golden moment right now. Um, and yeah, no, I'm just excited. I'm excited to be alive and to pay rent and to make these like ridiculous projects. I think it's it's,
0: it's, it's the little things. Well, I think the world needs these things right now that are fun, <laughs> so uh, different and interesting, and so I'm glad you're doing what you're doing. Is there anything that you would like to add that I didn't ask you about already? Um, yeah, I mean, just, you
2: know, the this project has been uh, so amazing to work on, the lead actresses, Anna Sarajina, Katrina Davis, Aptuka, Apsiko, um, have been just amazing. Um, sled ever amazing. Like I feel like this project is just kind of um a lot of things kind of fell together that uh I never thought would be possible. So I'm just like really grateful for all these like amazing people that signed on to be part of the
0: project and I'm just really I'm really excited for people to see it. Well, yay. And Claire, did you have anything that you would like to ask Mary that I didn't already uh, cover?
1: I think there is one question I would like to ask. Um,
0: Mary, what was your most
1: exciting moment of making this film? Oh, um, I mean, there were several,
2: but I feel like... um, there were several, like first was like casting people. That was very exciting and getting Anna on board. But I think the one of the parts that I don't think I was fully aware of with animation is that there's a whole a whole phase where you're just doing lighting, which I know sounds really simple. But so you the whole phase where you're going through the animation and you're adding lighting and a whole like layers on layers on each um shot and lighting I think in noir films is so important to kind of create that mood and atmosphere. So I think that really we went got to go through and like add that dimension to everything was like when you're like, oh my God, this is this is like a thing. This is a movie and I think that was one of my favorite moments is to kind of see this thing move from, you know, storyboard to animatic to line drawing, to color, to, like, full lit lighting and, like, an atmosphere being added to it. Um, I think that whole evolution is, like, the most exciting thing about it. Mm. Thanks. Well, good.
0: Thank you for explaining that. And thank you, Mary, so much for being here today. It was really fun to have you here and get to talk about such a unique project. And, oh, Claire, so I'm going to let you... Yeah, you're welcome. And, Claire, I'm going to let you close it out. All right.
1: Thanks again, Mary and Heather. Take care. Be well. Now, in its second edition, Carol Dean's popular book, The Art of Film Funding, has 12 new chapters to cover all areas of film financing and how to avoid expensive pitfalls. Learn how to start with an idea and end with a trailer. How to make an ask for money. Create your story structure and your trailer. Legal advice, fair use, successful crowdfunding, how to ask for music rights, and what insurance you can't shoot without. Available on Amazon under Carol Dean and at FromTheHeartProductions.com. I want to remind our listeners that David Rakelin is a brilliant and talented award-winning musician who scores films and can compose music for a trio or for a full orchestra. David is a very good friend to the independent filmmaker and comes highly recommended by From the Heart Productions. If you need music to help tell your story, please contact him at davidraikland.com. That's David